topics in a way they can stand alone and we can spend hours treating either of the two. All right, so I, I looked at a way in which I can marry the two together so that we would uh, benefit from this um, uh, discussion this evening. So I'll be talking about marriage and at the same time, at the tail end, I'll just touch on wealth a little bit. Is that okay? So um, this is the anchor scripture, that's Proverbs chapter 24, uh, verse 3 to 4. You know, it says, Through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all pleasures and pleasant riches. This is very important. So I'm going to be using these scriptures to actually take up the topic. Now, the house that is being referred to here has to do with the home. So the home is built, you know, through wisdom, and by understanding it is established. Some other verses or version put it like, uh, by understanding the foundation is set, and by knowledge the rooms are filled with all pleasures and pleasant riches. You will note that um, I didn't actually mention that um, uh, maybe love, uh, sex, emotions, and all that. I didn't mention that all through, you know, three keys to a successful marriage. You will look at this verse. Um, the love and all those thoughts were not mentioned in a way. We're going to look at that uh, more closely. But three things were mentioned here. And they are the three keys to a successful marriage. And the first is knowledge, the second is understanding, why the third is wisdom. These three are very important, all right? So I didn't mention uh, uh, love, all right? Because it is not useful without understanding the concept of knowledge, understanding, and um, wisdom, all right? So it's like having a car but not knowing how to drive it. If you know about love or you have love, but you don't understand how to actually use it in the right way, okay? Um, so looking at the three concepts, the three keys to a successful marriage, now more closely, all right? Are you with me? I want to be sure you are with me. Please, are you with me? All right, that means uh, I can move on. Now, knowledge. Of course, knowledge has to do with what you know, and it comes by reading, studying, and of course, learning. That's the first way in which you can know. That's how you can add to your knowledge. Of course, there is the second way that we call by revelation, and that is through the gift of knowledge. If you remember the gift of knowledge that Paul mentioned in the book of Corinthians, there was one of the gifts that he mentioned, that's the gift of knowledge. The gift of knowledge has to do with knowing a thing without reading about it or without studying about it. So if I tell you what you ate this morning without you telling me the gift of knowledge, so I, I got to know without learning about it in the first place. But I'm going to center on the first way of knowing, and that is via studying, learning, or right reading. So this is actually important to a successful marriage. Before you can be successful in marriage, there are some things that you must know. 
and you cannot know it on the bed you cannot know it while sleeping you will get to know them if you apply yourself in terms of studying and learning so if you want to have a successful marriage just as the anchor scripture says that true wisdom a house is built by understanding it is established and by knowledge the rooms are filled with all pleasures and pleasant riches so if you don't know the rooms will not be filled with pleasures and pleasant riches and that is one of the reasons why we are gathered today so that we get to know some stuffs and of course we understand so the first key is knowledge and the second is understanding now you cannot understand if you don't know so when we talk of knowledge understanding and wisdom they are in steps you know you cannot go to understanding without first of all knowing it's just like um, um, if you want to go to primary three for instance you don't want to go through primary one two before three you have to go through one then two and of course then you go to three so the first is knowledge now that you know do you understand what you know so it is possible for one to know and not understand for instance many know about law but they don't even understand it and if they don't understand it they wouldn't be successful in marriage because they only know about it they don't understand that concept for instance if you tell your husband or wife that I love you what do you mean by that statement I love you all right do you mean errors do you mean filial? do you mean touch or agape that is to tell you the different types of love that are available so if you know about love you need to understand love you need to understand is it in terms of erotic love which is errors or right as the emotional love now the sexual love okay then feel you that is the uh, the friendship love storage brotherly love and of course agape which is referred to as the un- to as uh, the unconditional love so you may know your wife and not understand her this is very important to to a successful marriage you need to know your wife and of course your husband and you need to understand them so i'm going to talk about some of those concepts uh, this evening all right for instance females do not hear words they feel it all right they don't hear words so if you tell your wife uh, a particular statement they don't hear it in a way they take it a step further they actually feel it and it's the opposite for males they do not feel words they analyze them so if you don't understand these two concepts for instance you don't understand that for the female counterpart they feel words so words are important to them they feel it when you tell your wife that you are beautiful she doesn't just hear the word or the sentence you are beautiful she feels that word and when you tell a man i mean you are you are handsome he will just analyze the words he doesn't feel it like that of the female counterpart all right please are we together are we together all right please are you getting value for your time are you following all right i've mentioned three keys to a successful marriage what's the first what's the first knowledge the second understanding how about the third 
wisdom. All right. So that means we are following. So the females, they, they don't, they don't just hear the words; they feel it. So if you don't know that they actually feel the words, you wouldn't act as appropriate. So I'm here to actually set your feet, you know, uh, on the right understanding, like you have a foundation in which you can stand upon. And I hope you will get pregnant with the right idea and nurture the words as I speak. You know, the reason why I said I hope you get pregnant with it, with this idea is because ideas are conceived just like a woman conceives a baby. That's the way ideas are conceived. And that is why we call ideas concept. In fact, the word conception is from the word conceive or concept. Can you say that? So when you conceive an idea, it's a conception. And that is why when you don't understand something or you misunderstood someone, it's called misconception. I hope you are following. So I believe that this evening I will take uh, uh, my time to break these things down so that you have the right information and you will conceive the right um, idea. And of course, the third key to a successful marriage is wisdom. Wisdom is the application of understanding. So now you know, you understand. And the third thing is you are applying what you understood. And this is what makes the difference. You might know and understand, but not apply it. That means you are not wise. So you need to know, you need to understand. And the third is to apply what you understood. And that is wisdom. A good example is that of um, is uh, if you do not apply what you have known and understood, you are as good as the, the one who does not know. That's it. If you if you know and understand, and you don't uh, uh, apply, you are as good as not knowing. So it's until you act, and that is why we say result comes with wisdom. You would have heard that the Bible says that Jesus, Jesus is the wisdom of God. The Bible didn't say that Jesus is the knowledge or understanding of God. Is the wisdom of God, and the reason. The, the reason for that, the reason for that is because uh, uh, Jesus is the application of understanding, all right? So God was applying what he knows, and that application, all right, is the wisdom. So wisdom is the application of understanding. So Jesus is the wisdom of God because now we can see God apply love. We can see him apply, you know, uh, uh, what he understand, okay? So you need to strive to get wisdom and not just knowledge and understanding. And a good example to demonstrate uh, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom is that of Joseph and the magicians in Egypt. When Pharaoh had the dream, every one of them, they know that they, the king had a dream. And that means that everyone, they were on the same level as touching knowledge. They all know about the dream. But the, the, the next thing is understanding. The king did not understand the dream. The magicians, they do not understand the dream. Likewise, until Joseph came up and Joseph gave them an understanding or interpretation of the dream. And that is what, what makes the difference. Now, Joseph did not stop at just giving them the interpretation. He went a step further by giving them a word of wisdom. 
wisdom. Like, okay, we have this problem that is, is going to come in the next few, I mean, in the nearest future. These are what we are going, to, we are supposed to do. And of course, you know the story, you know. So Joseph demonstrated knowledge, he demonstrated understanding, and of course, he demonstrated wisdom. Now, imagine that Joseph did not give them that wisdom. That means the famine will come and it will destroy the whole country. But because he actually gave them what they were supposed to do, that's what makes the whole difference. So what makes the whole difference and bring the result is the application of these things that we are going to share this uh, evening. So now the first concept I'm going to share with you is understanding the male and the female man. This is important. You know, someone sometimes ago asked me if God was male or female. I mean, is God male or female? And my response is that God is neither male nor female, but spirit. We know that in John 4, 24, Bible says that uh, God is spirit, and those that worship him, they worship him in spirit and in truth. God is neither male nor female. God is spirit. And then you begin to talk about him as how come we have the male and female. So I want to make you understand. I want to give you an understanding of that so that you understand the concept of marriage. You know, in the creation story, when God was creating the different stuffs in Genesis chapter 1, verse 11, when he wanted to create the fruit trees, he actually spoke to the heart. He told the heart that's the land, the ground. It says, bring forth fruit trees. And Bible says that the plants came forth, the grasses, the fruit trees, they came forth. So when God actually wanted to create the trees, he spoke to the heart, and the heart brought forth the tree. That means that the source of the trees that we see around is the soil or the earth. That is why the fruit trees cannot grow in the atmosphere. They cannot grow in the sky because they didn't come from the sky. You know, if you take something away from its source, that thing is going to die. That is why for grasses, for trees, they have to be on the earth because that's where they came from. That's their source. 20, the same method God said to the seas, he turned to the seas and said, bring forth uh, uh, creatures, and the fishes came forth, and the other uh, uh, animals, the other sea creatures, they came forth. That is why for the sea creatures likewise, because they came from the sea or from the water, they cannot be separated from that source. If they get separated from that source, they are going to die. And of course, in uh, verse 24, the animals to God spoke to the earth that the heart should come, I mean, bring forth animals, and they come forth. All right. But when it it was the turn of man, God did not speak to anything else but to Himself, and this is very important. You know, I used to call the the the, the discussion here. I used to call it an executive meeting. There was an executive meeting between the Godhead, and they were like 
in the in the meeting everyone was seated and they were speaking to themselves in the agenda they had an agenda and the agenda was like what product do we want to create and they were asking themselves what should we create and they answered okay let us create man in our own image so they designed in the meeting in the executive meeting i call it a ceo meeting that they had the kind of products that they want to produce they decided what they want the product to do that's the function of the product how do we equip this product to carry out this assignment how do we implement our plans so those are the those are the components of the meeting that they had and that is what we see in in uh, verse 25 26 downward of the first chapter of the bible when god said let us he was calling forth for a meeting and that this is very important in fact this particular verse anyone that understand this i can take this single verse and teach on it for hours because the whole essence of man is embedded in that particular verse in fact the subject of marriage too is embedded in that if you don't understand this you wouldn't know how to relate with one another as husband and wife so the two of them they were actually they, 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 this was it they let us create man in our own image and of course this is the verse here all right i think i've quoted that so when they were done with the meeting god got uh, to work after the meeting you know if it didn't work after the meeting there wouldn't be the product so there was the planning uh, uh, session and now there was the implementation uh, process and you know what when he implemented as seen in chapter 2 verse 7 and the lord god found man of the dust of the ground and breath into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being there's something i want you to take note of here don't forget that i started out by saying that when god wanted to create the trees he spoke to the uh, to the to the heart when he wanted to create the sea creatures he spoke to the sea and now when he wanted to create man he spoke to himself that means that he's telling himself to bring forth humans just as the way the other stores he has spoken to brought forth those creatures now i have mentioned that god is not physical god is spirit so the man that is going to come forth from god is going to be a spirit now he needed that man to have a contact with the physical realm that's the heart because the heart is not spiritual the heart is physical all right that is in fact all this happened in the uh, executive meeting that he had so he went ahead that is why uh, chapter 2 uh, uh, explained further that he went ahead to form man from the dust of the ground and the word that was translated formed here is from the hebrew word asa and that means to form is different from bara which means to create you know that word bara was used in the chapter one which means to create to create means that you are making something from nothing you don't have a raw material to make a particular thing that is the meaning of bara that's the creation so god actually created the spirit man that means he created that spirit man from himself in fact this is the way i used to see it that he took 
a part of himself. It's like cutting a part of yourself. You know, this is a good illustration. If I take a cup and I go to the sea and I take a cup of seawater now out of the sea that is taking a part of the sea now the water in the cup and the the sea they are the same it's just that i have a small portion of that you know in that cup so god actually took a part of himself out you know now he now needed to uh, uh, to give him a container just as i said a cup now that container is what he actually went ahead to form that's the uh, hebrew word asa to form so he actually designed that uh, uh, container and of course we know that when he was done designing the container bible says that it was lifeless it was as good as dead it was not with life there was nothing life in it so it was lying down flat you know until the spirit man that god has created now was put into him and that is what this place is saying that he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being and this is what defines the male and the female now either you are male or female you are a spirit man you are a man either male or female what makes the difference is your body so god actually formed the male body first all right as we we can see here okay hello are you with me i want to be sure you are following are you following all right am i make am i making sense all right i i i guess you have question at the hand so he, he, all right so he now he uh, so i i take it a step further now when he created the body we now have the male body as we could see now later on we saw that he said that it's not good for that man that's the male man okay male man to be alone and he went ahead to take a part of the male man to form the female man so when we say that the woman now some people even break that word woman into two like it comes from the word womb and man if you join the word together that's womb and man it uh, you, you get woman so it's like saying a man with a womb you get the gist so in a way the male and the female but I, I need to say again that when uh, this uh, verse actually says the Hebrew word that was used here uh, uh, means to build you know I have mentioned three words now I mentioned uh, uh, create I've mentioned formed and now built so God actually built the female body from the male body all right and because he built it he took his time to actually build it that is why the females are in a way very refined and more beautiful to behold than the males you understand so the females are more beautiful because god took his time to actually do a a, a work that is much much refined as touching them all right so either male or female you are a spirit you are living in a body that is male or female all right and this is where i need you to pay attention all right so the male body as or the male man has a body that is totally different from that of the female man 
all right the two of them are men or man all right now they are both spirit but what makes the difference is that one spirit has a male body while the second spirit has a female body and that is why they are different and that is why they behave differently so you must understand those two points so you as a man a male man and your wife female uh, man the two of you you have the same stand before God as spirit you can worship God in spirit and in truth I mean you cannot because uh, a woman is a woman and not say that the woman should enter the holy of holies in quotes if you get what I'm saying because the two of them are actually spirit they have same stand you know before God now what makes that difference is the body now the male man has a male body while the female man has a, a, a a female body and because of that they behave differently because they in fact very differently and you must understand this if you understand that that will help you to actually interact properly as husband and as a, a wife now because of their bodies they define things differently all right and if you do not understand how your wife or your spouse defines things then you are in for trouble I mean big trouble. I'm going to give you some examples so that you see. Now, how do each of them define love, for instance? The females, they define love as affection and care. You know, that's the way they define it because of their female body, because of they, they are made up that way, all right? When the males define love as respect, they don't even see it as affection or whatsoever. They see it more as respect. And that is why if you look at the different portions of the scriptures where uh, the, the, the husband is being admonished and the wife is being admonished, different words were used for them in a, a case yeah, they will say this love your 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 wife you know the the wife you know in fact it wasn't even said unto the wife to love the husband if you check properly because in a way the man defines love as respect where the female defines love as affection and care so if you don't understand that your wife for instance sees love as affection and care and you act in that like then there will be trouble in the home and if the wife likewise do not understand that her husband defines love as respect and that, that means there will be trouble if she is not able to do that because the two of them actually defines that word love they define it differently they have two different concepts for the same word why because one has a male body and the second has a female body now let me give you another one in terms of words now this is another example i think i've mentioned this before that the the, the woman because of the way her body is made up of she doesn't just hear words she feels them so as a husband for instance if you don't understand that your wife she she feels words you wouldn't speak those words to her before she leaves for work probably in the morning or when you wake up or when you see her anytime tea you know when your wife is at home you should be able to speak words suiting words to her because what she she doesn't just hear those words she actually feel those words and for the man i mean if you tell 
well a man you are beautiful you are handsome it doesn't actually matter to the man because they in a way they analyze the words in fact they will begin to analyze why is this person telling me that i'm handsome or probably okay if he says i'm handsome then i am in fact if you tell a man that he's not handsome he doesn't even care bloody care he will just analyze it he said i'm not handsome is it true that i'm not handsome that is analysis but if you tell if a woman a female that that's beautiful everyone knows that she's beautiful and you tell her you are not beautiful Beautiful. I mean, she would accept it that she's not. And that is what we are talking about because the male body is different from the male body the way the two are wired. Another example is, is in terms of idea. The males bring raw ideas. Females are better refiners of ideas. All right. Now, the females, the males appear strong physically, but in a way, they did acceptance. While the females appear weak physically, but they are great as influencers. And that is why I used to say that the females are more powerful. If you see a man outside muscular, he's in a position, blah, blah. But there's someone at home that is controlling that man that is powerful. You know, that's the wife. The wife only needs to speak one or two words and it gets the man to do what you are seeing outside because they are great uh, influencers. Of course, there are several more examples. Let me just mention some few because I'm looking at the time already. I hope I will be able to get to the to, to the end of the discussion looking at the time. Another example is males are givers look, and females are receivers and multipliers. Look at the way the male body is, uh, is formed. You know, in terms of the sexual organ, you will know that the male body, they are givers. You know, they give the sperm and all that. While the female bodies are created to receive, they are multipliers. And, you know, this is a good example. If a man has a dollar, for instance, and a woman has a million dollars, all right? Now, there is a deep desire in the man to even give that one dollar. All right. Well, if the wo- a woman has a million dollars, despite the fact that she has a million dollars, she will still want to take the one dollar. Do you agree with that? Do you agree with that? That is it, because that is the way they are made. And if you don't understand that as a wife or as a husband, then there is problem. You will not be like, but I have one dollar, you have a million. Why are you still asking me to give you my one dollar? But if you understand that, okay, she's a receiver, but don't forget that she's not just a receiver, she's a multiplier. That means that if you give her that one dollar, she's going to multiply it for you. Do you get that too? Do you get that too? Do you get that? Is it making sense? So you save yourself the trouble of asking, but but there you have a thousand, a million dollar. Why are you asking me for my one dollar? You understand that? Come on, she's a receiver. You give it to her, and that one dollar you give to her, she's going to multiply it for you. So in a way, in a way, it's a win-win. You have peace at home, and of course, at the same time, everything is being multiplied. A good example is uh, when you give a woman just a spam, she gives you back a 
baby because she multiplies. Give her a smile and of course she gives you peace at home. And if you give her discomfort, she's going to give you hell at home correct hell at home and this is very important the males are made to be fathers and the greek word harbor that's a b b e it's uh, the greek word for for fathers all right and it's it means source sustainer and that is why the mailman is uh, a, a source, a sustainer, like the source of a thing. You know, the woman came from him, and of course, the children came from him. And that is why it is interesting in Genesis 2 24 that it says that therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. If you have read this verse before, it's possible you don't understand the verse. And of course, the first time I read it, too, I didn't understand it. Why should a man leave? his father and mother why not the woman leave you understand you know that's our culture we believe that the woman is supposed to leave and of course blah blah but actually what this place is saying is that now since the man the male man now is uh, a, a sustainer or a father you know a source a sustainer is supposed to leave his father and mother so that he would be a source of or a beginning of a new family so the 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 the, the, the female uh, man now is handed over to him you know so that he would be the father now all right so that is uh, what that place is talking about so i'll just talk about five principles to setting the right foundation towards marriage because you know what if you don't have the right uh, foundation towards marriage you may have uh, you may not enjoy the marriage so i'll just mention five principles you know in terms of setting the right foundation towards marriage you know jesus uh, mentioned a parable that a king wanted to go for war and before he went for the war he actually analyzed or planned that if i go with this number of soldiers what is the probability that i'm going to win this battle and that's what we're talking about so you need to plan adequately you know set your foundation right so that when you are in it you wouldn't regret you know uh, going into uh, uh, into marriage and the first principle is what we call Eden. I'll take the principles from that same uh, genesis. Eden. Now Eden it means spot. It's actually from the Hebrew word that means spot or presence or delightful spot. So when we say Eden, like the Garden of Eden, we used to say Garden of Eden, blah, blah. It actually means a spot, you know, a pre I mean presence or delightful spot. And of course, this has to do with God's presence. That is why when God created Adam, there's nothing like prayers. There's nothing like worship. I've asked someone this question before that was man created to worship? The answer is no. Man wasn't created to worship. You were not created to pray. You were not. Go and check the Bible. You were not. It was after the fall of man that sacrifice came. That is a form of worship. You know, came and blah, blah. Man wasn't created 
to worship because it was well stated in the executive meeting that he had. Let us create man in our own image and in our likeness. They didn't say, let us create man so that man is going to worship us. No, it wasn't stated that way. So when God actually created man, there was no room for prayers or worship or whatsoever. It was not necessary. Why do you worship? Why do you pray? Because you are already in the in his presence because you are in Eden because Eden means God's presence so why seek for God's presence when you are in his presence it was because man left God's presence because of sin that is when prayer prayers came to be and worship came to be and all the uh, old religious practices that we see all around us so the first thing is that Adam was placed in Eden that means that the male man was placed in God's presence. That means before you say a yes to a young man, you must be able to ask him this simple question. Where are you? Are you in Eden? That means are you in God's presence or you are out of his presence? If your husband-to-be you know, doesn't even understand what we mean by God's presence, that means that your foundation is faulty or probably where they mean it. If I ask you, where did you see him or where did you see her? Was it in God's presence or it was outside of his presence? I mean, you to bring him to God's presence in marriage. It doesn't work that way. So the first thing, even before you think about marriage, even as a man or a woman, is am I in Eden? God didn't bring Eve, he didn't bring the woman to Adam uh, just before he put him in Eden. No. He followed that due process. The first process, the first thing was that he placed man in Eden. And we saw that in uh, Genesis chapter 2. Too. He placed him in Eden. Afterwards, he gave him something too. That was in Genesis chapter 2, verse 5 and 15. In fact, verse 5 says that, that, that there was no rain because there was no man to walk the ground or to till the ground. All right. So, because there was no man to till the ground, you know, a, a, another way in which you can understand what we mean by walk the ground is the word manage. I used to say that the word manage came from the word man all right if you divide that word manage you separate it that word man is there so you are not a man until you learn how to marry manage how to manage resources and part of management is work you know so the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it that means to walk it to walk there and that is why work is not a cause work is a blessing and we must understand that work is different from job you know people may not be happy uh, about the job they are doing and that is why we need to look at that concept of work even closely the word work that was used in this genesis chapter 2 was from the hebrew word erego which was translated work you know and it means to become so in a way work is not so much about what you do as it is much more about who you become, who and what you are known for. Do you get that? Do you get that? Is it making sense? 
So your work is not about what you are doing. No, 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 no. Your work is about who you become or what you aspire to become. And that's, this is where vision comes into play. So if you meet a man, you should ask him this question. Do you have a vision of who you will become? And are you at work to become what you see? If that man cannot answer that question, that man is not ready for marriage. Because come to think of it when uh, God brought the female woman or the female man to Adam Bible actually says that he needs an it if you are not at work what are we helping you to do so the male man actually needs to find something doing that someone else that's a woman now can join him to do like that can help him to do or what that woman can help him refine because we have many men that are actually not responsible that is why we see uh, the females you know doing great and standing on their own of course they are spirit man too so they are able to stand on their own but the way it was actually placed is that for this man to actually have a vision and that will help the female woman the female man to likewise you must be able to ask the man what can you see before you agree to marry him a man that is without vision you should never go with that man you know if a man doesn't have anything today and the only thing that man has is vision i tell you that man has more than a billion dollar in his hand because it's about idea all right what will she help you to do if you don't have a vision that's the second thing so i've mentioned two things now i've mentioned healing and i've mentioned uh, work and the third now is cultivate if you look at that verse you know it says tend and keep it that is cultivating when we talk about cultivating it means that when you may for those that uh, know about agriculture when you want to plant something you clear the weeds all right you make the heap then you plant then you take here you take care of what you have planted you know you care for it and that is cultivate so may i tell you something that you will never find a woman that you want you will never if you are looking for a perfect woman then you will not get that means if you are waiting for that you wouldn't get married in fact what 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 what, what will you cultivate if you have the perfect woman because you are supposed to tend her you are supposed to take care you are supposed to nurture her you are supposed to make her better and that is why we have that word cultivate there so if you have the perfect person all right then what do you want to cultivate and this principle is very important you need to make her better so your wife should be more than you know better than when you met one another and of course that means that you yourself needs to improve on whatsoever that you are doing and of course the third uh, is god this is important and that's the reason for the muscular strength that is why the males are more muscular than the females they are uh, they are larger in a way than the females because they are supposed to guard now the safest place for your wife should be your chest and hands yeah that should be the safest place for your uh, wife your wife you are not supposed 
supposed to use your physical stamina to maltreat or your, your wife. If you do that, then you are abusing the gift God has given to you in terms of this strength. You, you get now the girls you leave your place safe are not pregnant my dear brother you know because you are muscular and all that they should be safe with you because you are supposed to use that strength to protect them to guide them i mean to guard them and not to make them unsafe or take uh, or rape them for instance or take advantage of them that would be very wrong that means that you are abusing the privilege or the gift and of course the last thing god gave him there before he brought the woman was the word he gave him an instruction he told him do not eat out of the tree of good and evil that means your man must be a man of god's word if these five things are there believe you me you have set a good foundation for your marriage and that will help you a whole lot all right if you have taken note of that because of my time i'll just i have to just cut that short there so if you want to enjoy your marriage you need to have a, a, a knowledge understanding and of course uh wisdom you need to understand the male uh, body that is different from the female body and the way they operate far far different the way the male defines love is different from the way the female defines love and we have looked at um, the words that the way you speak to a woman uh, the way she takes it is different from the way the the male man actually takes it and other things that i have mentioned i'll just mention briefly on wealth okay because the topic is um, marriage and wealth and of course wealth in marriage is like um one of the many forms of wealth all right we have spiritual wealth you know that is it has to do with your spirit when you are with god of course you are wealthy you are rich towards god you know bible was saying that we should be rich towards god all right soulish wealth that has to do with uh, the seat of your um, emotion will and uh, uh, and mind that has to do with what you know your expertise your skills and all that that's a form of wealth and of course physical wealth has to do with sound health you know it has to do with, with your body all right if you don't take care of your body properly your body will become sick and when your body becomes sick then you are poor as touching physical wealth that means you are sick all right if you have the whole money in in the world and your body is sick the money is useless have you imagined that some people will be willing to exchange health for the money they have because money cannot equate physical wealth in terms of health so we have to take note of that and the fourth is social wealth this is where even marriage comes to play you know the friends you have the relationships you you have you know somebody was saying that your network uh, your network equals your network in terms of who you know of course your, your 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 family very important you should not take your job over your family because they will be the one that will be with you you know uh, later on you must understand this place of social wealth that is why it's good to keep 
relationships, very important. And of course, we have influential wealth. That means your influence, uh, people you have impact upon, people you are able to lead, to influence, and all that. And of course, community wealth has to do with, uh, 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 in terms of people you have helped in the community, just like that woman that died in the Bible. When she died, uh, that was Dorcas, Tabitha, she has community wealth. When she died, all the widows came around and were like, Peter, do you know what that woman, she gave me this, she took care of me and all that. So she has community wealth. And lastly is the generational wealth. And this generational wealth is very important. That is where the Bible was saying that a good man lives in inheritance for his children, children. You know, I read a story or I heard about a story that a woman asked his son, what is the name of your grandpa? And the, the son did not know the name of his grandpa. And the woman told the son, he said, when you are, make sure you make, you make your great, great or your grandchildren know your name by doing what they would remember you for. I mean, that is generational wealth. We should have such a wealth, such an impact, such a, a, an estate, you know, that generations will remember us for. So in a way, that's just a summary for uh, uh, wealth. And of course, if we want to look at finance, uh, is another uh, ball game on its own in terms of acquiring money for instance how to invest the money okay how to save your money and invest it of course how to protect it from just being squandered and all that how to multiply it so i think i should conclude uh this way all right i'll still conclude with the verse i started with that for you to build an awesome marriage you need understand i mean knowledge understanding and of course wisdom and i think i've shared some insight in in this light okay so thank you uh, you can copy this link if you need to uh, get uh, more of my resources just copy that link on the screen and of course you get access to uh, those resources all right those are some of the links that will be helpful likewise just copy them and these are some of my books you can always get them all right thank you thank you